Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. We've been looking at the events of Holy Week, and today we're going to talk about a simple, compelling argument for the resurrection of Christ. Indeed, I'd like to suggest that the Christian faith rises or falls on the resurrection. Students often ask me, Tom, how could we ever disprove to you Christianity? And I'd say it's really easy. Prove to me Jesus didn't rise from the dead. If you're able to do that, I'll leave your campus. I'll stop preaching. Stop bothering you. I, I, I might even determine to not believe what I believe. But on the other hand, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you'd better consider what you believe, because this would be the most unique event in the history of the world. No one has ever done this. And the ultimate enemy of mankind is death. This was Saturday of Holy Week, and this would have been a difficult time for the disciples. I notice here on our live chat a prayer request for one of our regular people here, Monique, and who requesting prayer for a difficult family situation. We'll pray for her in just a moment and their family in just a moment. But let me say, this would have been a difficult day for the disciples. It would have been a dark day. Just less than a week ago, they saw Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the donkey, Uh, The king is coming, the Messiah is present, Hosanna, oh God, deliver us. And they thought that they would have this wonderful deliverance from the Romans and the oppression they were under, and instead now Jesus is dead. And they'd given their whole life to follow him. Imagine the disappointment. I mean, what can you you compare it with? You started a business, and you thought it was going to succeed, and it failed. Your, your team was in the final four, and you thought, we're going to win it all, and they get crushed. I don't know. But, you know, you think this woman's going to uh, say yes to a proposal. Instead, she dumps you. What can you compare it to? I don't know. You lose everything. You had an investment in the stock market, and you lost it all. I don't know what you would compare it with. Death, your, your, your leader, your Messiah died. I don't think you could, anything could compare with it. And they would have been down, discouraged, and had this period of, of depression, undoubtedly. And indeed, this is one of God's ways, is it not, that often in life, we have a dark moment. We're not promised that we won't. Often in life, we have these dark moments, but we have with it the hope of the resurrection. But did it really happen? Did it really happen? In Scripture, it says that the resurrection is a fact. Now, we do believe it by faith, just like we believe anything by faith. Everything we believe, that unless we were there and saw it with our own eyes, we accept it on the testimony of others. But I want to ask this idea of faith and fact. How do we know what's true? How do we know an event of of history? How do we know that it happened? And I'd like to suggest that the best way to know is what our court system does. And so let's just look for a moment at what the courts do. The courts, in a court of law, when someone is accused of a crime, you have two sides, the prosecution and the defense. The prosecution presents evidence. They call upon witnesses to testify to, they don't ask, do you think the guy's guilty? They ask, what did you see? What happened? What evidence do you present? And then the evidence and the witnesses are cross-examined. You don't just believe them because they said it. 
they've got to face cross-examination. They've got to, the, the, the defense has the opportunity to pick apart their story and to uh, discredit the witness, discredit the evidence, discredit uh, the, the, the prosecution. And then the jury takes all that information into mind. They go and they discuss, and the jury concludes that it happened beyond all reasonable doubt or that it didn't happen. To convict, they must, it happened beyond all reasonable doubt. Now, notice it doesn't say beyond all doubt. You can doubt anything, but beyond reasonable doubt, beyond a doubt that really can make sense. I'd like to present you a case that I believe for the resurrection beyond all reasonable doubt. It's a simple case. To be honest, anyone can learn it, and I encourage you to memorize this. It's really simply seven easy steps, seven points. You can present it in about 30 seconds. I might take a couple minutes here this morning, but you can present it in about 30 seconds. And to me, it is compelling, and it answers all these things. Evidence, witnesses that testify, and were cross-examined. Here it goes. It's simple. You'll want to write this down and uh, remember it and be able to present it because this is the linchpin upon which our Christian faith hinges. Number one, point number one, seven facts. A man named Jesus lived. Number two, he died. Number three, he was buried in a tomb. These are all facts. No one really, no legitimate historian doubts these things. He lived, he died, and he was buried in a tomb. We know the tomb was not underground. The tomb was uh, carved into a rock, a, a small cave, shall we say, and in which there was a stone rolled in front of it, a huge stone, a stone that no individual could have rolled by themselves. Number four, fact, three days later, the tomb was empty. The body was gone. This is the circumstantial evidence or lack of evidence. The body was gone. The grave clothes were actually left there but the body was now missing. Fact number five, over the next 40 days, on at least 10 different occasions, multiple groups of people claimed to have seen him, claimed to see him alive, or to have seen him alive. This is important. We know, that, and all, by the way, all of these are found both in Scripture and by non-scriptural sources, okay? So multiple groups over 40 days, that's a long period of time, that's a month and a half almost, on at least 10 different occasions, not just one or two or three times. And all of these different occasions, there were, there, other than the very first one, there were multiple groups of people there that saw him. And when they saw him, they talked with him, they touched him, they ate food with him. He gave them food to eat, and he ate in front of them. It seemed incredible that someone would rise from the dead. They, they were shocked. They didn't believe it easily. Mary came to give the first witness and testimony. The disciples didn't believe her. The disciples saw Jesus, and Thomas was not present. Thomas didn't believe him. They had their, they had their doubts. Indeed, they'd been heartbroken, and even though they'd seen Jesus perform miracles and even raise people from the dead, yet they thought this was not possible. Thomas went so far as to say, I will not believe 
when, when, when John Thomas was not present on the, the night of the, resu- of the resurrection, and the other disciples saw him, told him about it, he said, I don't believe that. You're not going to fool me. I, I won't believe unless I can put my finger in the nail hole in his hand and my hand in the spear wound in his side. And indeed, a week later, Jesus appeared to the disciples again, and this time Thomas was present, and he said, come here, see the nail wound in my hand, see the spear wound in my side, be not unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas fell to his knees and said, my Lord and my God. He became a believer. The doubting Thomas became a believer who never doubted again. And indeed, this leads to the, the next point, point six. Over These people were beaten, imprisoned, and brutally killed for telling others what they saw with their own eyes. Thomas, I've been to the place where he was martyred in India, Chennai, India. And there he was martyred for his testimony of the resurrected Christ. All of the disciples died a cruel death. Every one of them were murdered for their testimony of the resurrection of Christ, with the exception of John, who they tried to kill. They tried to kill literally by, by putting him in a vat of boiling oil. And he survived. And so they took him out to an island called Patmos and dumped him there. It was an island for prisoners where he was isolated, and there he died later, shall we say, a natural death, but he died, obviously, uh, in, uh, in, in, ice, in prison, what would have been a prison, even though there's others around he was leading to Christ. All of them died these brutal deaths because of their testimony of the resurrection of Christ. Number seven, fact number seven, there's not a single example of someone who claimed to have seen Jesus alive after his death, who recanted their testimony after, even when they were faced with beatings, prison, or death. This is compelling evidence, my friends. There is a circumstantial evidence. He lived, he died, he was buried, and the tomb was empty. The grave clothes were left behind, the tomb was empty. The question of what happened to the body, there were eyewitnesses, hundreds of them, who saw him, testified. They faced the ultimate cross-examination when it was basically, change your story or get beaten. Change your story or get thrown in prison. Change your story or, or die. And none of them changed their story. This is the ultimate cross-examination. And none of them changed their story. And so this is, to me, a compelling argument. But it, it, some people don't accept it. And the reason they don't accept it is because there is a basic a, a belief system, a presupposition about the existence of God. If there is a God, then miracles are possible. And if miracles are possible, then the miracles in the Bible have compelling evidence. And we understand the miracles, therefore, the Bible is true. If, on the other hand, if there is no God, then miracles are not possible. And if miracles are not possible, then even though the miracles in the Bible have compelling evidence, still the Bible's not true. Do you see how it all gets back to where people who don't accept the resurrection, it gets back to the fact that in spite of the evidence, they say there's no God. So there must be another example, uh, explanation. 
If you believe in God, then miracles are possible. If miracles are possible, we have the evidence. And if the evidence is there, then yes, we believe in Jesus and we believe the truth of the Bible. On the other hand, if there is no God, there are no miracles. And therefore, just show me all the evidence you want. And we know they can't be true because there's no God and no miracles. Therefore, we don't believe it. It all gets back to the willingness to believe based on is there a God or not. And so, my friends, I think there's compelling evidence for the resurrection. I really do. And those of us who believe in God and are willing to believe, the evidence is there. And if you don't believe, it really is because you just don't believe it's possible. You want the resurrection proved beyond all doubt. We say the resurrection has been proven beyond all reasonable doubt because we believe in God. It's reasonable to believe in miracles, and we have reason to believe in the resurrection. Amen. Let's praise God, and let's remember to pray for our friend Monique here. Father in heaven, we come to you today, and we give you praise, and we thank you for our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has risen from the dead. He's conquered death, our ultimate enemy, and it will get all of us sooner or later. But those of us who have faith in Jesus have eternal life, and we will reign with you, and we'll be raised with you, and we'll be in heaven with you in glory. Oh, Father, today I pray for those who don't have faith in you, who don't know you, who are not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Open their eyes. Help them to receive. Give them the hope of eternal life. Because, Lord, without that, there's only a certain terrifying expectation of judgment to come. Father, we thank you for Jesus. He is our Lord and our Savior. I pray today for our friend Monique and the whatever situation their family's in. Oh, God, give them comfort, give them hope, give them wisdom, help them to make good decisions in this difficult time, and help their trust in you to be unshaken. We pray these things. And bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for being along with us today. I hope you have enjoyed this case for the evidence of the resurrection. It's true. Believe it. Believe in Jesus Christ. Believe he's risen from the dead. Believe he's alive. It'll make you alive. And then you can live in the power of the resurrection, which is what we will talk about tomorrow on Easter morning. Uh, I hope you join us regularly. If you're new, welcome. I hope you come anytime throughout the day. If you come live at 8.30 a.m., then like we've just done, if you have a prayer request, we can pray for you, remember you. There are people on here who will be praying for you. But whether you come at any time or even listen to the podcast later in the day on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms, uh, make getting in the Word of God part of your daily life. It'll change you. God bless you. I love you until we meet tomorrow. Hey, you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you tomorrow, Easter morning. God bless you. Bye-bye.